Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Wednesday, January 25th. 2023. My name is JJ Jackson, and I proudly serve as the host of Lockdown Blue Devils, your one-stop shop for all things going on in the life of Duke athletics. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get them. Whatever podcast platform you love, subscribe and support our show in that way. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast platform, would love for you to take an opportunity to type out a five-star rating and written review. I say it all the time, but those algorithms really do love the written reviews, and it makes it a little bit easier for folks to be able to find our podcast. Uh, Also, make sure you watch the show daily on YouTube each and every day. Subscribe there as well to continue to support all things Locked On Blue Devils. We're on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, joining me on today's show, my very good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, is here with us. Kevin, thanks for the time as always. I hope you're doing well, my friend. I'm doing great, JJ. How are you? Quite well. Thank you for asking. Uh, Wish that we had a better result to talk about from Duke basketball, who played on Monday night and suffered a three-point loss to the Hokies in Blacksburg. I wanted to spend a little bit more time, Kevin, talking about the win against Miami, but such a quick turnaround, and Duke's back in action on Big Monday, and unfortunately they fall to those Hokies. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those NCAA tournament weekends where it's you, you play on day one, and then you get that day off, and then you're right back at it. And that's what it kind of was for Duke. Now, obviously, they had to travel um, on Sunday to Virginia Tech. But um, I, I wrote a column after the game on Monday night, and have it po- I had it posted on Tuesday. If any of your readers didn't get to – or if your listeners didn't get to read it yet. And it's like, you know things aren't going to be smooth when Duke goes inside Castle Coliseum. But I don't think anybody could imagine um, what happened on Monday night coming, coming to fruition. Yeah, of course, a big injury sustained by Derek Whitehead at the time that you and I are talking here and recording this, Kevin, uh, still do not have official word about his injury or his status moving forward, although everyone seems to assume that it is likely Derek Whitehead could be lost for the season. Pretty evident that he will not be participating in Saturday's contest against Georgia Tech, but he really started to come into his own. You see there four for six. Uh, and and 10 points scored in his 17 minutes, two of two from three-point range in the loss to Virginia Tech. And this will be a big-time loss for Duke men's basketball with the 2022-2023 team if, in fact, Tariq Whitehead's time is done. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could still hold that hope that it was like a calf strain or or something like that. But just the way how he went up and came down and immediately grabbed that that back part of his ankle, it it just kind of textbook Achilles and then – at the end of the game when the cameras caught him on the crutches with you could see the ice uh, bag around like that calf Achilles area on the back of, of his heel. Um, it just didn't look good at all. And and your your listeners know that I've been uh, the captain of the Derek Whitehead bandwagon ever since he committed to Duke. So it was really a killer because like like we said over the past couple of weeks, he was really coming into his own, played really well in, in his game against Virginia Tech. Um, and he was going to be that one-two punch, you would assume, with Kyle Filipowski um, as March rolled around. But, again, you, you knock on wood. Maybe we'll get some good news here on the next couple of days. But um, it, it certainly 
you could definitely see that his season could easily be over just with especially his reaction and everything that unfolded um, inside Virginia Tech on Monday night. Gosh, it's so tough. And just unfortunately, injuries have been a story for Duke basketball over the last decade plus in this one-and-done era. Of course, you can go all the way back to Kyrie Irving only playing 11 total games in a Blue Devil uniform. Whitehead has played just 16 games for Duke basketball this season, missed a few games earlier in the season as well, and we'll see how many games he's moving are going to miss going forward. Derek Whitehead, once again, along with Derek Lively the second, the top two recruits in all of college basketball this season. And, um, I mean, we've only seen 16 games from him so far. It really stinks because it does feel like the NBA is his next step. Yeah, and again, I'm not wishing this on anybody, but you just wonder um, if you're Derek Whitehead. I mean, with this injury, I could see that he falls out of the first round. Would he think about um, sticking around at Duke to rehab and potentially um, come back late next year? The the only example I can kind of think of is with Villanova and Justin Moore. Justin Moore uh, ruptured his Achilles in the um, Elite Eight win for Villanova last year against Houston, um, and now – so what, we're about 11 months later, and he could be returning this Saturday for Villanova against Providence. So um, could Derek Whitehead technically do that and and stick around for Duke? And because there's I know NBA medical staffs are really good, but uh, with the Duke Hospital and Duke Medical Center right there for him at his disposal, could he potentially hang around Duke and and be with the team and rehab and try and work his way back onto the court? And who knows, maybe um, would be available to play in mid-February into March last next year and maybe boost his stock. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to yeah. happen. Maybe, maybe it's unlikely, but um, if it is worst case scenario and he did rupture his Achilles, I think that could always be um, a second option, even though I don't think fans out there should bank on it. That's really interesting to think about because there are two different ways to look at this, right? Go ahead, go to the NBA, get your money. However, are you going to get drafted at the spot that you want to? Does a team really want to make that draft investment in a player who will not be ready to go if, in fact, of course, this is an Achilles injury that he has mm. suffered, right? As you said, and I'm glad you pointed it out, hey, maybe it's just worrisome. Maybe once the swelling goes down, we saw the massive ice bag there on his lower leg. Maybe it is just a calf injury sustained there by Whitehead. But if, in fact, it is a complete tear of that Achilles tendon for Derek Whitehead, maybe you do decide to come back to Duke knowing that you're going to get amazing medical staff treatment knowing that you could come back December, January of this following year and be able to play January, February, March for Duke men's basketball this next season and be able to reinvent and and, and, uh, help your draft stock out by returning to play if you were worried about a team making an investment in an injured player. Yeah, yeah, just that that Justin Moore comparison with Villanova is the only thing that I could think of. But it, it ultimately comes down comes down to what Derek Whitehead and his family and the his doctors and medical staff and Duke coaches think is the best for him because they're going to obviously steer him in the right direction. But um, if everyone a part of that team thinks that hey, maybe sticking around around campus in the hospital and and the athletic facility and training facility for another year is best for your long term success and best and able to get you one hundred percent back on the court and then a team will take a chance on you in the first round, which gets you um, more secured money going forward, then then so be it. But again, um, everything right now is just speculation. And I guess that's 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 what we do here in sports media is speculate and give our opinions. But um, again, you just wish nothing but the best for him and, and hopefully uh, a speedy recovery for whatever um, the extent of the injury is. 
Let's talk a little bit more about Duke basketball as they turn the corner, get ready for Georgia Tech this upcoming weekend, and more after our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, a very new and exciting sports betting partner with Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. We wanted to partner with them. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Coming up this weekend, the NFL playoffs, of course, are happening. Conference championship weekend set to take place in the NFC. You've got the 49ers and Eagles in the AFC, a classic matchup between Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs taking on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. You mentioned a column that you put up earlier in the week following Duke's loss to Virginia Tech. Tell me a little bit more about that, Kevin, and just an overall plug for your website. So you can find us, balldurham.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham. Um, just about really everything Duke men's basketball nowadays. Um, we'll got it. We have it for you. Um, sprinkle some NBA stuff every here and then, and obviously women's basketball too because uh, our women's basketball team is doing really well. But, yeah, that last column is just really go- going through um, what what Duke is really going through right now um, with the injury to Derek Whitehead, the unknown. And I guess the one thing we didn't really talk about during this Virginia Tech game is the, uh, I guess, the throat punch to Kyle Filipowski, which um, I still couldn't believe that a foul wasn't called, but I, that's not my uh, not my expertise to, to talk on. I'll just comment on it. But, um, yeah, balldurham.com and follow us on Twitter at uh, ball underscore Durham. Perfect stuff. All right, so we're talking about that game against Virginia Tech, and you mentioned the controversial ending with the uh, non-call on a flagrant foul after Collins celebrated his bucket through the punch, hit Filipowski in the throat right in the Adam's apple. He's having to vomit over on the sidelines to get ready for that final play. Uh, but nonetheless, leaving that aside, how about the play of Kyle Filipowski in particular? Career high, 29 points to go along with 10 rebounds, four consecutive double-doubles for the freshman. Yeah, Duke's dead in the water without him on Monday night, if we're being completely honest with you. And um, you, you have to give him credit. And just, I mean, he was gassed. I mean, you could tell hands on hips during um, timeouts, bent over, even sometimes on the offensive end of the floor when he didn't have the basketball. Um, he was out there. He was gassed. He played 34 minutes. Um, felt like it was more. Felt like they needed him for more, but um, he ran into some foul trouble in the first half. That's the only reason why he probably didn't play close to 38, 39 minutes in this game. Um, he's been the, this team's uh, best player statistically, you, the eye test. I mean, he's been the best player on the floor for Duke. Um, and what really was an eye-opening was four from eight uh, from three-point range. That was um, all much-needed buckets against Virginia Tech. Every single one of them. I mean, uh, I, I talked about on, on Twitter last night uh, after the game, I should say, Monday night with Virginia Tech for Filipowski in particular. His first 10 games had gotten off to a really impressive st- start shooting from the outside. 
had fallen off over the last 10. And if it wasn't for the four of eight performance from three-point range against Virginia Tech, it could have been a whole lot worse in his shooting percentages. So that is a player definitely that you want to see improve for Duke. Nine of 23 is a good three-point shooting percentage for the Blue Devils compared to what they've been shooting this season. But, uh, yeah, those outside shots are going to be paramount moving forward. Yeah, especially assuming you lose Derek Whitehead, who probably is your second-best three-point shooter on the team. Again, in his 17 minutes, he was two of two from three against Virginia Tech. Um, Tyrese Proctor, we all thought was going to be a big-time three-point shooter. The same with Jeremy Roach. Um, they combined going two for 10 from three, but you, you give credit to Proctor. He hit the game-tying three with under a minute to go and then missed a potential game-winning three. But on some of those three-pointers he took throughout the course of the game, I mean, he was wide open and still couldn't bury them. So uh, a little concerning there, um, but we'll see if someone can step up going forward from distance. Yeah, uh, we'll see who that could be. Of course, in the Miami game, Jeremy Roach returns and was able to play on Monday night against uh, Virginia Tech as well. Roach is a player who's been able to knock down shots from the outside throughout his career, uh, not at an overly crazy rate, but nonetheless gets the job done when needed to. Roach is 0 for 4 from three-point range against Virginia Tech, and I think moving forward, his play is going to be absolutely paramount for the Stukeman's basketball team this season. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it in spurts. I mean, you look at the Ohio State game, you look at the Iowa game, a couple other non-conference games, the Xavier game. uh, We're we're waiting for last year's March Jeremy Roach to show up, and we haven't seen it consistently this year. Aside from those three games, which are three big games, three good wins for Duke, we we just really haven't seen it, and we're still waiting for that March version last year to, to show up. And I know the toe injury has impacted him, but again, most of those games, well, not the Xavier game, but he still had the toe injury against Ohio State. He still had the toe injury against Iowa. So maybe it's just he can find it here and there. But, um, again, you're going to need some type of veteran leadership on this team because it feels like when adversity hits this team, they don't respond right at it. They try and run away from it a little bit. And um, that's not what you want to see from a Blue Devil team. Talking about this coaching staff, and as we turn our attention to Georgia Tech, Kevin, a team that's uh, further down in the ACC standings right now, not a big threat um, overall with Josh Pastner's bunch, but you take a look at Duke moving forward in this matchup in ways that they could possibly uh, improve. A lot of people are wondering if certain players like Jaden Shoot could be due for some more opportunities out there playing time-wise on Saturday. Uh, this coaching staff, who, by the way, looked pretty snazzy on Monday night with their suits back on uh, for Coaches versus Cancer Week. They'll also be back uh, in the Blazers on Saturday's game. But do you think they could be making some lineup adjustments going into Saturday's game against Georgia Tech? I'm gonna say no, just because I don't get it. I don't. I really don't <laughs> get. I don't get um, playing Jacob Grandison over Jaden Shute, especially um, this team struggled to defend in that first half. I think Virginia Tech only missed eight total shots in the first half, and and Duke, was, aside from the first three minutes, was really struggling offensively. And Jaden Shute still couldn't get on the floor, um, even when the team needs a three late in the game. Um, when Duke came out of the timeout, they really had nothing going. Like the Tyrese Proctor three was like a complete bailout. Like that wasn't the play call, obviously. Um, so, no, I don't see um, a Jaden shoot or somebody like that getting more minutes with Derek Whitehead potentially sidelined. Um, the only player I think that is going to step into a higher uh, volume role, higher leverage role is Mark Mitchell. And I think that's going to be good for him because we talked in the offseason and even in the preseason how like Mark Mitchell was the forgotten man 
in this recruiting class. And it also seems like the coaching staff has forgotten about him a little bit as well, um, just because he's kind of out there as an afterthought. I mean, and when he's been the focal point at in bits and spurts and pieces, he, he's been really good. So I think Mark Mitchell um, is going to be the guy that benefits most if Derek Whitehead is sidelined for a substantial period of time. You're listening to a Wednesday edition of Lockdown Blue Devils here on January 25th. J.J. Jackson alongside Kevin Connolly will close out today's episode right after our last time out here today on the program. Thank you so much, as always, for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen and first watch every day. Make sure that after this you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's everything that you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Follow him on Twitter at KevinConnolly24. And, Kevin, we take a look at Duke men's basketball, the future teams to come. We saw yesterday that the McDonald's All-American rosters were announced. The East squad is represented by two Duke signees in Sean Stewart and Mackenzie Mbaco. And then Jared McCain will be playing for the West team in the McDonald's All-American game set to be played on March 28th in Houston. Let me get a few thoughts on those three guys making the McDonald's All-American game. Well, certainly congratulations to them all inside the top 20 in the player rankings for next year. A little surprised Caleb Foster didn't make it. I know they tried to split these teams up east versus west, but um, you have to let ESPN do what they want to do. I mean, getting the notifications on my phone for for the um, All-American uh, rosters and the headliner was Bronny James. Now I question a little bit if Bronny James deserves to be on one of those teams, but when you put Bronny J- Bronny headlines All American team, I mean they're even putting him over the top ranked guy in DJ Wagner, Aaron Broad- Bradshaw going to Kentucky. So um, I get it, I get that ESPN uh, makes the game a little bit no more kidding. marketable. Yeah. H- having Bronny James out there, uh, maybe uh, aside from other players ranked ahead of him. Um, from these uh, experts recruiter rankings, but y- you get it. But certainly congratulations to Mackenzie and Baco, Sean Stewart and Jared McCain. Um, three players that I guess fans are really clamoring for down in Durham next year already. No doubt about that. I mean, they're really excited to see what this next group of blue devils will be able to bring because this year has gotten off to a slower start for Duke and a top class once again, coming uh, for the Blue Devils, Caleb Foster from Oak Hill Academy and TJ Power are the two signees that did not make the McDonald's All-American game, but still nonetheless are highly regarded players. All right, so it's Wednesday night, Kevin, and uh, Mackenzie and Baco's got a pretty big game coming up a little bit later tonight with the Duke target on the opposite sidelines, and it seems like you're going to have a pretty good seat in the house. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be on the call tonight. Um, it's Roselle Catholic against Don Bosco Prep. Um Two of the top three teams in New Jersey. It's Roselle Catholic ranked one, Camden two, and Don Bosco three. But um, Mackenzie and Baco and Roselle Catholic hosting Dylan Harper Jr. and Don Bosco Prep, obviously one of Duke's biggest targets in the class of 2024. You can watch it uh, 7 p.m. tonight on the National Federation of High School Sports. I'll be on the call. Really looking forward to it. Um, have seen both teams a couple of times this year. Haven't seen Dylan Harper Jr. yet, though. The, the couple games I broadcasted for Don Bosco, he has been out with injury. Um, he played back on January 12th in a win against Bergen Catholic, then was out for about 10 days uh, on Saturday. He played in a victory against St. Augustine. Didn't play in back-to-back games on Sunday, though. They played Hudson Catholic, but he is expected to play tonight against Roselle Catholic. So a uh, couple of potential future Duke Blue Devils with Mackenzie Mbaco and Dylan Harper going at it and a ton of other 
uh, D1 talent on the court as well. What's been impressive about Mackenzie Mbako? Oh, he could do it all. I did a game for him <laughs> on uh, Saturday, and he finished with 27 points. He was 10 of 12 from the floor and oh, five, wow. of five, 5 of 5 from three. And the only reason he didn't go for 45 points was because he picked up two fouls early in the second quarter. I mean, he, he literally just couldn't miss. And, and that was when Roselle Catholic was playing a really good uh, St. Rose team which is another – they were un, uh, had one loss coming into the game, and they were top 10 uh, in the state of New Jersey. And he, he's just so big. He's so powerful. And, and sometimes the game just comes to him with ease. I would love to see his motor be turned up a little bit, and that's a scary player when you think about it. No doubt about that. That is a scary player for sure. So we'll see what he's able to do tonight taking on Dylan Harper Jr., and hopefully Harper Jr. will go ahead and commit to Duke and join Darren Harris as the two current commits – in the class of 2024 for Duke wins basketball. Just one thing I want to add. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not reporting anything here, but I've had some heard some rumblings that uh, John Shire might be in the building as well. How about Wednesday that? Night. I just I've heard I've heard a little bit of rumors. It's not it's not confirmed. It's not official reporting, but I've had some rumors that John Shire might be in the building tonight. Well, be on the lookout for us, and of course, we'll follow you on Twitter at Kevin Connolly twenty four, uh, and we'll be able to watch the broadcast as well, Kevin. So, uh, all right, in Atlanta, taking on Georgia Tech on Saturday. You think Duke can get it done and get back in the win column? I don't think it's a a matter of if. I think it's a must. I think it's a must win on the road against Georgia Tech. You're probably going to be shorthanded without Derek Whitehead. Georgia Tech's not that good. Uh, Virginia Tech's better than them. Virginia Tech was out with without Hunter Couture. He comes back and he obviously uh, gives a spark. Boy, oh boy, yeah. But but this is a must win for Duke. You're playing a bad uh, Georgia Tech team on the road. You got to come home with a win. Thanks for the time today, Kevin. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Appreciate it, JJ. All right, that's my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert once again for Ball Durham. Follow them on Twitter at Ball underscore Durham. And check out Kevin a little bit later tonight for that basketball game featuring Mackenzie Mbaco and a Duke target and Dylan Harper Jr. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.